Hello everyone, this is Krista from Saltwater Studies and welcome to my podcast, Life Beneath the Waves. This podcast is part of a series that I am doing that is based on the supplemental curriculum workbook included with the Florida's Marine Life class series for elementary students. So what I'm doing for each of these podcasts is I am taking a different lesson from that workbook and reading it. And this is just intended to be a resource for my students who are auditory learners. Now, if you would like your own copy of the workbook, you can purchase one from the e-store on the Saltwater Studies website. So for today's lesson, we are going to be talking about rays, and I am really excited because I love these animals. I just think they are so cool. Now, that being said, let's just go ahead and get started and read today's lesson. What is a ray? Rays are cartilaginous fishes that are classified in subclass Elasmobranchii, the same subclass of fishes as their shark cousins. There are about 630 different species of rays and skates, making them the largest group of cartilaginous fishes. They live in both fresh and saltwater environments. Many are urihaline species that tolerate a range of salinities and can be found in both ocean and estuarine areas. All rays and skates have skeletons that are made of cartilage, which make their bodies light, flexible, and more easily maneuvered. They are also characterized by a dorsal ventrally flattened body and large wing-like pectoral fins that are fused to the sides of their rostrum or head. Their eyes are located on the top of their heads, the dorsal side of their bodies, and cannot see prey underneath them. As a result, they locate prey using smell and electroreceptors that are located on the underside of their heads. Their mouths and gill slits are also located on the underside of their body, known as the ventral side, which makes it easier for them to grab prey hiding beneath them. Many rays are stingrays and have venomous barbs on their tail that they use to defend themselves from predators. Fact. The largest ray is the giant manta ray, which can have a wingspan of nearly 30 feet. The smallest ray is the short-nosed electric ray, which grows to just 4 inches across. Your vocabulary words for this lesson are anterior, toward the head of an animal's body, benthic, relating to the seafloor, brackish water, water that is a mixture of fresh and salt water, dorsal, the upper top side of a raised body, estuarine, relating to an estuary, an area where a large river meets the ocean, urihaline, salt tolerant, capable of living in waters with a variety of salinities. Pelagic, relating to the open ocean region of the world ocean. Posterior, toward the end of an animal's body. Spherical, openings in the head of some rays behind each eye, allowing them to draw water into the body to pass over the gills when resting on the seafloor. Stenohaline, intolerant of salt, capable of living in waters with only a narrow salinity range. Ventral, 
the underside, bottom of a ray's body. Classification of rays. Rays are classified in kingdom animalia, the animals, phylum chordata, the chordates that have a dorsal hollow nerve cord, class chondrichthys, which are the cartilaginous fishes, subclass elasmobranchii, sharks and rays, and superorder batoidea, rays. Fact. A ray moves forward through the water by flapping its pectoral fins. A ray's pelvic fins can be used to help them stop, change direction, and even move backwards through the water. Ray anatomy. A ray's body, also known as a disc, is circular or diamond-shaped. Scientists describe a ray's size using two measurements, disc length and disc width. Disc length is the distance from the ray's snout to posterior edge of the pectoral fins. Disc width, also known as wingspan, is the distance between the tips of a ray's pectoral fins. Since rays are cartilaginous fish, they do not have any calcified bones. Instead, their body structure is supported by an internal skeleton made of hardened cartilage. Beautifully patterned, ray skeletons bring to mind the intricate and delicate barbs of bird feathers. Types of rays. Rays can be divided into two general groups. Benthic rays and pelagic rays. Both groups have varying characteristics that make them well designed to live in their different environments. Benthic rays. Benthic rays are rays that live close to the seafloor, often spending their time buried in the sand. These rays usually have a round or diamond-shaped body. Since rays are vulnerable, since rays are vulnerable to predators attacking from above while they are resting or hiding on the seafloor, these species are often well camouflaged to blend in with the substrate. In addition to camouflage, benthic rays that are stingray species defend themselves with venomous barbs located near the middle or lower portion of their tail. Their method of defending themselves from potential predators by whipping their tails over their bodies has also earned them the name of whiptail rays. Fact. Hammerhead sharks are a well-known predator of rays. They use their uniquely shaped heads to trap rays against the seafloor before eating them. Benthic rays mainly feed on other bottom-dwelling species such as worms, mollusks like clams and snails, or crustaceans like shrimp and crabs. They might also occasionally eat fish. Pelagic rays. Pelagic rays are rays that are more active swimmers and do not normally rest for long periods of time on the seafloor. Their bodies generally have a bat-like shape. Pelagic rays that are also stingrays have barbs that are located closer to the body than seen in benthic rays. These barbs are normally just behind their pelvic fins, close to the base of the tail, which is a unique position for the animal's defense against predators. The placement of a ray's eyes results in a narrow blind spot directly behind the animal. This means that pelagic rays are most vulnerable to attacks from behind. 
Barbs placed at the base of the tail help to protect them from unseen predators approaching from behind them. Like benthic rays, many pelagic species also find their prey along the seafloor. They feed largely on crustaceans and mollusks. Other species, known as the manta and double rays, mainly feed on plankton. Since both benthic and pelagic rays can be spotted close to the seafloor searching for food, barb placement along the tail is the best way to tell a benthic ray from a pelagic ray. Stingrays Stingrays are species of ray known for the venomous barbs on their tails. These spines are modified scales that can be replaced when worn or broken. Normally present in pairs, each spine is serrated with two ventral grooves that are filled with venom-producing tissue. Used strictly as a means of defense, these spines can cause a painful wound in a predator, giving the stingray a chance to escape an attack. There are approximately 200 different species of stingray that have been identified in the waters of the world. Many live in the ocean, but some also can be found in freshwater rivers and lakes. Fact. On June 13, 2022, fishermen in northern Cambodia captured a female giant freshwater stingray that weighed 661 pounds and measured 13 feet long from snout to tail tip. This impressive stingray earned her space in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest freshwater fish ever documented. How to Prevent and Treat a Stingray Injury Since stingrays only use their barbs defensively, the best way to ensure you are not accidentally struck by a stingray spine is to make sure stingrays know you are in the area. Since benthic stingrays may be hiding underneath the surface of the sand, you may not see them, but they can feel any vibrations that you make when you walk along the seafloor. To produce as much vibration as possible, drag your feet along the seafloor. Known as the stingray shuffle, this will alert any hidden stingrays to your presence. For swimming stingrays, it is also important to make sure that they can see you. Stingrays have a blind spot directly behind them, so if you are following closely and they are unable to see you, they may react involuntarily in a defensive response, attempting to strike you with their tail spines. This is why you should never follow a stingray closely from behind. Instead, always approach a stingray head-on so that they can clearly see you and move away if they feel intimidated. If you are accidentally struck by a stingray barb, do not remove the barb. Since barbs are serrated, right, they can cause greater damage when removed than entering. You should seek medical attention to properly remove the barb. Also, soak the afflicted area in hot water or cover it with a hot compress as this will cause the venom protein to break down and reduce the impacts of the sting. Always seek medical attention if a change in heart rate or breathing is observed. Eagle rays. Eagle rays are pelagic rays that include eagle, duckbill, and cow-nose rays. As a type of stingray, these rays have venomous barbs located at the base of their tails. 
A unique feature of this group is that their teeth are fused into hard plates that are perfect for crushing their favorite meal. They find their hard-shelled prey by using their elongated jaws like shovels, moving sand to uncover snails or crabs hiding under the seafloor surface. There are approximately 20 known species of eagle rays. Manta and Devil Rays Manta and devil rays are pelagic rays that feed on plankton, making them unique from other rays. They can easily be distinguished by two fins, known as cephalic fins, located on either side of their mouth. These fins are used to funnel plankton into their gaping jaws. While there are only two species of manta ray, the giant manta ray and the reef manta ray, there are numerous species of devil ray, such as the mobula ray. None of these rays have venomous tail barbs. Electric rays. Electric rays are a unique group of rays that can produce a weak electric shock. This shock is not life-threatening to humans and is used to stun and capture their prey or defend against a predator. These rays also do not have venomous tail barbs. Skates Another group of rays are the skates. Although skates are classified as a type of ray, they are distinctly different from other types of ray species. Here are some of the characteristics of skates that set them apart from other rays. Skates do not have venomous barbs like stingrays. They may have sharp thorns along the dorsal side of their bodies and their tails. Skates live primarily in saltwater and rarely enter brackish or freshwater environments. Skates can also produce electricity as a means of communication and to locate prey. They do not use it to stun or capture their prey. Instead of giving birth to live young like all other ray species, skates lay eggs. Their young are enclosed in leathery capsules called mermaid's purses. Guitarfish. Guitarfish, also known as shovelnose rays, have a unique body shape that reflects similarities to both sharks and rays. Despite their elongated bodies, scientists still classify them as a type of ray. Guitarfish are benthic species that spend their time resting on the seafloor or searching for food in the sand. Scientists estimate that there are approximately 50 different species of guitarfish that are normally found in shallow coastal waters in temperate, subtropical, and tropical seas. Sawfish. Sawfish are another unique type of ray. They are similar in shape to guitarfish apart from their most distinguishing feature, a long elongated bill called a rostrum that is lined with sharp teeth. There are just five species of sawfish in the world, one of which, the small-toothed sawfish, can be seen in Florida waters. Sadly, all species of sawfish are considered critically endangered. This means that they are facing a high risk of extinction in the wild. Sawfish are at risk because coastal development has reduced their habitat area and their rostrum is easily caught in fishing nets. Local species. There are many different rays found in South Florida. Here are a few that you may see along the coast. Atlantic guitarfish, southern stingray, common eagle ray, 
spotted eagle ray, giant manta ray, and yellow stingray. Ray behavior. Scientists still have much to learn about rays, including their behavior and migration patterns. However, observations have revealed that some species of rays are known to congregate in large schools and engage in elaborate behaviors. For example, mobula rays are well known for their impressive aerobatic displays. They like to leap out of the water, sometimes even flipping or twisting before making an impressive crash on the water surface. It is thought that male mobula rays leap to attract a mate and females may join in simply for the fun of it. While other race species also breach and leap out of the water, it is unknown why they do so. It may be for communication, to dislodge parasites, escape predators, or enjoyment. Fact, a school of rays is called a fever. Test your knowledge. How much did you learn about rays from this lesson? Test your knowledge with these questions. One, what is a ray? Two, how do rays locate their prey? Three, rays can be divided into two general groups based on where they live. What are these two groups called? Four, how can you tell a benthic ray from a pelagic ray? Five, are all rays stingrays? Six, how do you prevent and treat a stingray injury? Seven, what are the different types of rays? Eight, what is a mermaid's purse? Nine, what are some of the ray species we can see in South Florida? 10, what is a fever of rays? Devotional. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Romans 1.20. There are over 900 different names and titles of God in the Bible. Each one describes a different aspect of his character that he would like for us to know about him. To help us better understand what he is like, God provided his creation to offer us physical examples of the spiritual lessons and concepts we read about in the Bible. The Bible tells us God's story and creation offers us the pictures to accompany it. Every single name and title of God in the Bible is illustrated in the natural environment. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Rays are arguably one of the most graceful animals in the world ocean. Pelagic rays seem to soar in the same way described in this passage of scripture, as if they have wings like eagles. One local species is even called the eagle ray, which definitely suggests the graceful soaring of eagles. In this way, they are a wonderful picture of God's grace. Grace, one, undeserved favor, or two, 
power to walk in accordance with the truth of the Bible. When many people discuss Isaiah 40:31, they focus on the importance of waiting on God. While waiting on God is critically important as we trust him to work his goodwill in our lives, there is also another truth that is a bit more subtle in this verse. God's grace provides us with the power to thrive. Not just survive, but thrive. This verse tells us that God created us to walk, not crawl. He gives us the strength to run beyond even our natural abilities. And he designed us to fly. God's grace is the wind beneath our wings that allows us to soar over our circumstances, refusing to become dismayed or discouraged when situations do not happen the way that we prefer. Those same wings of grace allow us to take steps of faith that would be impossible if we relied on our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Please allow me to share a quick story from my personal testimony. Before I started saltwater studies, I worked for an environmental consulting firm as an environmentalist and project scientist. After eight years in this position, God made it clear to me that he wanted me to leave my job. It was soon after the Great Recession ended in 2009 and the future of the economy was uncertain. There were no other job prospects on the horizon, but God made it clear that I was to trust him. In the days before I submitted my resignation, I remember distinctly praying, God, I feel like I'm getting ready to jump off the high dive, and I'm not sure if there is water in the pool. You got me, right? His response was to repeatedly remind me of the second part of 1 Peter 2.6. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. I knew that he was asking me to trust him, take the necessary step of faith, and be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I submitted my resignation and leapt into the unknown. To my surprise, I found myself falling into circumstances that were far different than anything I anticipated. Eventually, God led me to start Saltwater Studies, and through the process of trusting him as a new business owner, I learned the truth of Isaiah 40:31. It is when we decide to take that leap of faith that we learn that God's grace gives us the power to fly. Apply it. What do you think this statement means? God's grace gives us the power to fly. How can you apply this truth to your life? When you face challenges or difficult situations, how can you trust in God's grace to see you through? What gives you confidence that God's promises are true? Dear God, thank you for always being with me. Thank you for giving me the strength to fly in all the situations I will experience during my life. Please help me to trust in you no matter what I face. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this lesson on rays, and I hope you will join me again for another lesson in the near future. Until then, have a great day.